Welcome to class three, and we're on chapter four, because uh, last week we did two chapters. <clears throat> uh, the first week we did uh, chapter one, last week we did chapters two and three, tonight we're on chapter four. Just to uh, review, <clears throat> this is Kuntras and Yonish Chassidus. It's all about what is the essence of the teachings of Chassidus. So we started off, and we offered four possible explanations of what Chassidus might be. Um, we won't go through that again. You could review the previous two classes, and we talk about that at length. Uh, we said those are all nice uh, aspects of Chassidus, but they're not the essence of Chassidus. The essence has to be some core idea that is beyond any protim, beyond any uh, details, right? It's not any one of those things, and it's not even the combination of all of those things. It is something beyond all of those things. It's the essence, whatever that means. Um, and then we uh, and we spoke about the fact that Torah is infinity, and as being infinity, uh, it can't be limited to take on uh, a, a form that uh, makes it one thing and not another thing, because that that itself is a is a concealment of its limitation. Uh, so therefore. Uh, we're searching for the underlying essence that is uh, that transcends all limitations or, or all all form, and uh, we haven't found it yet. But that's that's what we're looking for. Okay, so now we're on chapter four. Bir mohusa an explanation of what the essence of chesidus really is. Yuvhar will be clarified by explaining what is the real inner idea of Mashiach. Okay, why? What does that have to do with the price of tea in China? We were talking about the essence of Chesidus, and now you said you want to understand the essence of Chesidus, you have to understand the Teichen Pnimi, the inner idea of Mashiach. Not just the idea of Mashiach, but the Teichen Pnimi, the inner idea of Mashiach. Okay, well, how did you get to Mashiach? Where's that coming from? Ki shal mitzvah neida mohusa. There's a principle, it's actually from, from the Alter Rebbe in Tanya, Perik Lamed Test, chapter 39, that from the schar of a mitzvah, you can know its essence. Basically the idea of, if you want to know what something really is, look at the outcome. Look at what it accomplishes. So when we look at the schar of a mitzvah, and by the way, I, I, we don't have time to get into this discussion because there's two different, because we have a lot to cover, but there are two different ways of looking at schar, at reward. Uh, one of them is not gonna, would not be helpful uh, in, a, in this context. That, that's arbitrary reward. Like the kindergarten teacher tells the children, color in the coloring sheets, and if you draw within the lines, we'll give, we'll give everyone a piece of candy. You know, drawing in the lines does not generate a piece of candy. There's actually no cause and effect relationship. It's an arbitrary um, consequence, not even really a consequence, a pseudo consequence that the teacher superimposed into the situation. We're talking about here about organic uh, reward. So you do something that makes the world godlier, and the schar, the reward is, you live in a godlier world, right? Okay. So by looking at the reward that something generates, you can actually understand better what that thing itself really is. All right, fine. So what does that have to do with, with Mashiach? 
ומכוון אשר על ידי הפוצץ מיונס אכסידס אוסי מר, דו מלכה משיחה, since we know that through disseminating the wellsprings of Chassidus, it brings the coming of Mashiach. How do we know that? It's a famous letter that the Baal Shem Tov wrote about his Elias and Hashem on Rosh Hashanah, experience an out-of-body experience where he went into Gan Eden and he met the Neshama of Mashiach and he asked, right? When is the Master coming? And what did Mashiach tell him? When your, when your Mayonis, wellsprings, meaning your teachings, are disseminated outward. Okay. So we know that the spreading of the teachings of Chassidus results in the coming of Mashiach. Therefore, from Mashiach, which is the result of disseminating Chassidus, we can understand better the essence of Chassidus. You understand here the approach? Understand the formulation? We're trying to understand the essence of Chassidus, not just different um, details of Chassidus. We, we want to know what Chassidus really is. So we have this approach that if you want to know what something really is, look at the schar, the real schar, the organic schar, the result that it generates, and then you'll be able to understand it better. Well, the schar, the, the, the result of Chassidus, is it brings Mashiach. So if I understand Mashiach better, then I will understand Chassidus better. Follow? Yeah, makes sense? Okay. All right, so let's endeavor to understand Mashiach better. Vivius a Mashiach. Yishadshu kamavakaman yonim nailim. When Mashiach comes, many new, wondrous, sublime events will be innovated. Ukamei, for instance, Gulas Yisrael, Vehashchina, Mehagolos. The redemption of the Jewish people as well as the Divine Presence from their exile. So the first thing is the Jewish people will be redeemed from exile. That means the socio-political uh, exile, the subjugation of the nations. That's the first thing. And also there's a metaphysical version of that which is the redemption of the Shekhinah. Hashem's uh, nurturing or maternal presence in the world is in a state of Golas. What does it mean it's in a state of Golas? It's a very complicated concept. Obviously, when you're speaking about Hashem in Golas, that's a very complicated concept, but uh, it gets pe some people nervous, by the way. You have to say Kaviyochel to calm them down. It's a Gemara in Megillah, by the way. Shechinta Begolosa, the fact that Hashem's presence is in Golas is a Gemara. People get nervous. Oh, the Hasidic concept. It's, no, it's actually, it's, it's a Gemara. But anyways, Shechinta Begolosa basically means the, this nurturing maternal energy of Hashem is forced to nurture and mother stuff that it doesn't want to nurture and mother. You know, it is forced to be a source of sustenance for klippa, for negativity. So that's Shechinta Begolosa. Anyways, so the first thing that will happen when Mashiach comes is the Jews and the Shechina will go out of Golas. Lamailem is that, but greater than that. Yil Yisrael, and here he's quoting from the Rambam, from the very end of Mishnah Torah. Yil Yisrael chachamim gedeilim v'yedim devarim hasasumim v'yesigo das beidem chulu mola ha'aretz de'es havaya chulu. The Jewish people will be great sages. They will understand the mind of their creator. Wow. And the whole world will be full of knowledge of God. So that's even greater than just a sociopolitical change. This is actually created beings having uh, godly knowledge. Hmm. And even greater than that, 
I'll tell you even more. Shinui v'chidush b'maisei v'reishis, there will actually be a change in the nature of the world. Now a little bit of a parenthesis, answering a question. What about the fact that the Gemara says there's no difference between the world now and the way the world will be in the Messianic era, except for the socio-political change, except for the end of subjugation by the nations? How do you explain that? Because we just said that there will be a supernatural change when Mashiach comes. So the Rebbe explains, Yeah, we're talking about the beginning of the era of Mashiach. So at the beginning, it will only be a socio-political change, a freedom from exile, and later the miraculous stuff will happen. Especially, according to what it says in Raya Mahemna, which is a section of the Zayar, uh, this idea that there will, there will be no supernatural change right away when Mashiach first comes, the supernatural changes will come later, this, this applies to the Amihaaretz, the, the ignorant folk. They will not experience a change in miracles, but the Talmud Chachamim, those who are cleaving to Hashem, they will experience miracles even uh, earlier on. At any rate, so... Uh, we're talking about different things that will happen when Mashiach comes. There will be an end to the exile, both for the Jewish people and for the Shekhinah. The Jewish people will become great sages because they will have knowledge of, of God. Uh, and then that, 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 the second thing is greater than the first. And then the third thing, even greater than that, there will ultimately there will be uh, supernatural changes, change in, in, in nature, change in the natural order. Okay. What will happen is that the godliness that is higher than nature will then be revealed. Right now, godliness that's higher than nature is not revealed. It's hidden within nature. That's why when Mashiach comes, we're going to read Hashem's name as it's written right now. We hide it. By not pronouncing it the way it's spelled, it's spelled Yud Kevavke. We don't pronounce it that way. We pronounce it as if it were spelled Aleph Dalad Nun Yud. But we will be able to pronounce it. Not just we'll be able to pronounce it. We'll know, we'll know how to pronounce it. Don't think you know how to pronounce it. No, it's not like those witnesses. You know the witnesses I'm talking about who think they know how to pronounce it. No, it's not. It's not pronounced that way. Okay. Because there will be a revelation of Hashem's true name of Yud Kevavke in the world. And what is Yud Kevavke? Haya was, Haiva is, Yia will be, that is the transcendent God who cannot be nailed down to past, present, and future because he's all those things at once. Hashem, as he transcends time and space, similar to the revelation that was in the Beis Hamikdash. There was a revelation of godliness in the Beis Hamikdash that also transcended time and space. Um, for instance, the Ark did not take up space, but it did take up space. But it will even be greater when Mashiach comes because the transcendence, the transcendence of time and space that existed in the times of the Beis Hamikdash was only in the Beis Hamikdash. When Mashiach comes, the transcendence of time and space will occur in the entire world. Okay. So we just said a bunch of things that will happen when Mashiach comes. 
the end of the socio-political exile, the end of the metaphysical exile, meaning the the, the galus of the Shechina, uh, the the fact that the Jewish people will understand the mind of God to the extent that they're capable of. It's pretty wild, uh, and then ultimately a change in the natural order. And the change in the natural order, another way of describing that is that uh, Hashem, as he transcends space and time, will be revealed within space and time. How do you like that paradox? That Hashem, as he is, was, is, and will be, will be revealed within time and space. But let's continue. What we just described will not only take place in this world, it'll take place in all worlds, all systems of reality. Why? How do you know? Because the way the upper worlds operate is all based on the way the lower world operates. So if there's going to be this massive change when Mashiach comes, there's going to be this massive change in this world, it really means there's going to be a massive change in all worlds, even the higher worlds, even the highest heavens will experience this massive revelation that they've never had before. Wow. For instance, you know an example of how something that happens in this world affects all worlds? They establish Rish which therefore affects the dates of the Yomim Tevim, uh, they establish it in the, in, the, in the human court. Now, we don't do it every month like they used to do it, but nevertheless, the calendar we use is a human calendar. It's a calendar that was made up down here by human beings. And yet, when, when the calendar is set by humans down in this world, that creates a reality even in the heavens. Because in heaven, it's different on Reish Chedesh. In heaven, it's different on Yom Tev. And yet, the date that they have to follow in heaven even in the highest heavens, for when is Rosh Chedish and when is, when is Yom Tov, they have to look what we're doing down here because we establish it down here in the lowest world. That when there is a Yom Tov, there's an extra added light in the spiritual worlds. And that happens because of a decision that's made down here. The Yom Tov takes place on the day that is established down here in the physical world. And since when Mashiach comes, the world, this world, and all of its details will change. There will be a concomitant change in all of the worlds. Okay, so we just said something pretty wild. We said when Mashiach comes, there'll be an end of the socio-political exile, there'll be an end of the metaphysical exile. All the Jews will have knowledge of God, and the world will be full of the knowledge of God. There will be a change, a miraculous change in the, in the order of nature, and a revelation of Hoya Hoya in time and space, and that that will affect all worlds, even the highest heavens. Wow! All that stuff's going to happen when Mashiach comes. You want to know something? Omnam, however... After all that, all those things, even though they are great and wondrous, they're all just symptoms of the real essence of Mashiach. None of those are the essence of Mashiach. They are just symptoms. See, this is a theme, maybe the theme of Kuntur Senyon Eshotere Sachsidis. 
trying to get down to essence. And the essence is when you can't get any deeper, when you get behind every cause of every cause and you go to the core, that is essence. So all of these incredible things we just described, they are things that will happen when Mashiach comes, but they are not the essence of Mashiach. They are reflections of the essence, they are manifestations of the essence, but they're not the essence. Just like we were talking before at the very beginning of the Mimer, we said uh, that there are the different qualities of Chassidus. So we said, well, those are all symptoms of Chassidus, but none of them are the essence of Chassidus. Okay. So what is the essence of Mashiach, pray tell. Because remember why we're trying to find out the essence of Mashiach. Because we said, if we can pinpoint the essence of Mashiach, it'll help us pinpoint the essence of Chassidus. Why? Because from the schar of something, you could know what it is. The schar of Chassidus is when you spread out the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov of Chassidus, then Mashiach comes. So then for, therefore, if I can understand Mashiach, I'll understand Chassidus. Okay, fine. All right. With me. Yeah? All right. Chapter 5 trying to get down to the essence of Mashiach, so that we can get down to the essence of Chassidus. In shall Mashiach Yechida. Ah. You want to know what the essence of Mashiach is? The essence of Mashiach is Yechida. Well, what's Yechida? Yechida? Yechida is a level of the soul. But it's not a level. Hmm. Okay, fine. So that helps. All right. We're going to have to learn about Yechida. If we can properly understand Yechida, Everything's going to fall into place. Let, let, let's continue. There are five levels of the soul. Different uh, personalities throughout history are uh, related to these different levels. Uh, so that you have uh, David Amalek is related to Nefesh, or the perfection of the Nefesh, Eliyoh, Navi, Elijah the prophet is Ruach, Meish Rabbeinu is Neshama, Adam Arishin is Chaya. Mashiach will be the, uh, the manifestation of Yechida. Okay. What we've established here is that there's a relationship between Mashiach and Yechida. And by the way, this idea is uh, a Kabbalistic idea. It is uh, it's from Kabbalah and brought in in Chassidus. Okay, so let's talk about Yechida. The advantage of the Yechida over the other four levels of the soul is what? The first four levels, which we call Nefesh and Ruach and Neshama and Chaya, are specific levels. Yechida, however, is the essence of the soul, which is above any specific categories, as its name indicates, the name Yechida, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So there's really not five levels because only four of the levels are levels. The fifth is not a level. It is the essence of the soul. Although from the Yechida comes forth the four levels, 
אין זה שבחינס היחידה היא בגדר מכר וכלל לפרטים אלו, yet you cannot think of יחידה as the source of the four. In other words, don't think of יחידה as like the, the aggregate or the conglomerate of all of these things, and then you pick off of it different aspects, and then here's the nefesh, and here's a ruach, and here's a neshama, and here's... That's not how it works. In Yechida, you do not find parts. Although all the parts or levels come from it, it is not the sum total of the parts, or even the source of the parts in the sense of being a... Um, like a super level, like those are the four levels, and it is the super level from what, for, for, that, that all the levels are taken from. It's not how it works. And we said its name implies that. Let's talk a little, little bit about its name. Kiloshen Yechida Meira Al Achtos Pshuta Hamushlelas Meeze Shehi Shaiches Lepratim. The name Yechida itself indicates that it does not lend itself to. Detailed categorization. It's not even a source of details. Not only does it not have details in it, it is not a source for details. As is known, the difference between Yochid and Echod, we refer to Hashem as both Yochid and Echod. They're both true, they both describe certain realities about Hashem. When we say that, you know, in the heavens and the earth, it's all Hashem, Hashem is Echod. Right? So it doesn't matter if it's spiritual or it's material, Hashem, Echod. But you're still referring to the fact that there are heavens and there are earth, and there, and there is earth. You're still talking about the fact that there is creation. When we refer to Hashem as Yachid, as the sole existence, there's no heavens, there's no earth, there's no nothing, there's just Hashem, Yachid. So Yechida is from that word, or related to that word Yechid. It's not that, well, Yechida is bigger than and encompasses all the other four parts. No, no, no. When you're talking about Yechida, there are no parts. There's no parts. Parts don't exist. Yechida is not one of the four parts. It's not the source of the parts. It is the Nukuda Atmos, the essential point of the soul. And yet, the other four parts come from it. Now I understand, it sounds like we're like contradicting ourselves because we're saying like, they don't come from it, but they do come from it. So what are we saying here? What we're saying is, well, we're going to have a metaphor for this later on, and I, I don't want to spoil it, so let's, you know, we got to allow there to be some suspense. But let's just suffice it to say right now, we're grappling with perhaps, you call it a paradox, a paradox, something that is, seems to be a contradiction. But this paradox is indicative of the very nature of essences. Something that's an essence uh, has no details, it's not even the source of details, and yet all details can be traced to it. Now, if you're thinking a step ahead, you're probably remembering what we said last week about Torah, that like you could take all the isms and the allergies in the world and put them together and you don't have Torah, and yet all the truth in all the isms and all the allergies can ultimately be traced to Torah. 
So if you're thinking like that, you're thinking in the right direction. But let, let's, let's leave this paradox for now, and, and, we'll, and we will come back to it at length, okay? Let, let, let's try to wrap up for tonight. Now, just like every individual soul, individual soul meaning of each person, the Yechida is the essence of that soul. Same in all of the worlds. Just like each person has a Neshama and the Yechida is the core of that Neshama, the world or worlds have a Neshama. There's a vitality that runs through all of the worlds. And the core of that vitality is what? It is the essence of vitality of all the worlds, which is the Yechid of all the worlds, which is related to the idea of Mashiach in all of the worlds, which is the essence of the vitality, which is above being limited to any particular form. From that essential vitality of all of the worlds come forth all the different, we call them, we're using the names we use for the soul, but now we're talking about, say, the Ishtalshlis, we're talking about the worlds. Those are the four worlds. Asiya, Yitzira, Bria, and Atzilos. And we'll talk about that at length a little bit, uh, the four worlds a little bit later. later. Actually, we'll talk about that at length. But at, at any rate... There are four levels of the soul, uh, and then there's the core of the soul, which is called Yechida. So too, in Hishtalshlis, in, in the worlds, there are levels, which we call worlds, and then there is the core essence of reality, which is the Yechida of the world. And that's related to the idea of Mashiach. How is it related to the idea of Mashiach? We didn't say yet, but we're, we're about to. Ki okay. who built The essence of the vitality of the worlds is unlimited. It's unlimited. That unlimited nature of the vitality, the core vitality of, of, of reality, is not only manifested in the fact that um, it is eternal. Of course it's eternal, because if it's an essence, it doesn't change. An essence does not lend itself to details or to be categorized. And one of the biggest categorizations of something is past, present, future. An essence is what it is. It's a constant. It never changes. So the essence of the vitality of the worlds is eternal, non-changing. That's obvious. <laughs> After you say it, it's obvious. Don't worry. I didn't figure it out on my own either. I, I'm reading it from here. Um, but that's not the only thing we can say about it. Let me just continue here. There's a parenthetical statement about this. Um, but we're, we're going we're gonna to come back and we're going to say, that's true. That's one thing. The essence of the vitality of the worlds is eternal. Okay, And that, that, that's, that's true, but that's, that's not, that itself isn't what we're trying to bring out here. All right, but let's continue the, the parentheses talking about the eternality of the essential uh, vitality of the worlds in the brackets. This is actually why when Mashiach comes, people will live forever. Right now, what we're living off of is just the spreading forth of vitality. 
not the actual core of life. Yeshne inyin hamisa, and therefore there's the interruption of life, which we call death. When you're talking about the hispashtas, with the spreading forth, not the real thing itself, so then there can be change, and there can even be interruption. But in the future, when Mashiach comes, then the essence of vitality will be revealed in the world, and therefore everyone will live forever, because essence doesn't change, and the essence of life will not be interrupted. But, but that's not even the point we're making here. That's not even the point we're making here. Ella, rather, When we say that the essence of life of all the worlds is infinite, we're not just talking about it, 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 the fact that it can't be interrupted and therefore people will live forever. We're saying something more than that. We're saying qualitatively, I guess opposed to quantitatively. Quantitatively, talking about like its duration. It doesn't stop, right? But also qualitative, you know, there's quantitative infinity and there's qualitative infinity. Quantitative infinity is it, ne it, it never ends. Qualitative infinity is it can't be broken into parts. It's an interesting definition for infinity that we don't think of often, but it's important to this idea. The infinite nature of the core of vitality, which will be revealed when Mashiach comes, you'll, you'll see there's a certain qualitative infinity. Another way of saying that is, it is the ultimate form of perfection. When this Yechida, the essence of vitality, will, will be revealed in the worlds, which will happen when Mashiach comes, and all the worlds will live, not from the Hispashtos, the spreading forth of vitality, but from the essence of vitality itself, then automatically everything will be as perfect as it is. It is infinity, it is the absolute ultimate of perfection. When it is revealed in the world, there will be ultimate perfection in everything. So what we're saying is this. We describe different things will happen when Mashiach comes. There will be the end of the socio-political gullus. There will be the end of the metaphysical gullus. All the Jews will be great sages. And ultimately even there will be a change in the natural order. And it will affect not only the physical world, but all the spiritual worlds. But those are just manifestations, those are just revel revelations, reflections, those are not the essence. Okay, what's the essence, pray tell, where's the essence? So we say like this, the essence is, just like in a person, you have nefeshuch noshamachaya, but none of that's the essence. The essence of you is your yechida, which cannot be divided into any uh, details. So too, there's an essence of, vit of vitality. The, if you say, what is the world? What is life? What is making reality be? Now, what are the various forms of reality as we know it? No, what is the essence behind all reality that makes reality be? That is the yechida, so to speak, of the macrocosm. When Mashiach comes, that will be revealed. And that's why we'll live forever. But more so, that, that's a quantitative manifestation. Uh, the qualitative aspect of, of perfection that will be revealed. So what is Mashiach? Mashiach is the revelation of Yechida in all of the worlds. Or another way of saying that is Mashiach is when reality as it truly is, the essence of reality, whatever it is, 
not how it shows itself, not how it manifests itself, but the essence of reality as it is, which is another way of saying God, obviously, will be revealed. And therefore, all perfection will also be revealed. And now we're starting to zero in on the essence of Chassidus because we're, at, we're zeroing in on the essence of Mashiach, which is Yechida. So if Yechida is really connected to Mashiach and Mashiach is connected to Chassidus, so how do we understand Chassidus? Through understanding Yechida. So far, so good. Okay, God willing, we'll continue next week. Thank you very much.